Now I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know that it's going to come to pass. I'm getting the glad glass thinking about it now. This is the Faith Center Audio Experience, spreading the word of God around the world. Because with the sword of the spirit and the anointing of God, you can go forward. that we begun some weeks ago entitled Finish the Unfinished Work. We're reading from the book of Nehemiah and I've asked the people of God if you would that during the week or in your time alone that you would read the book of Nehemiah. I want you to read this book and get an understanding and all that getting, get an understanding and see what God is saying to you. So that you all know, I'm going to ask the same question next week. How many of you all have read the book of Nehemiah or know something about the book? Let me see the hands. Let me see the hands. All right. Y'all got to get to reading. It'll bless you real good. On today, we're going to continue with the same scriptures on with the, as we did last week. Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. Are you ready? Well, if you're there, say to your neighbor, I have arrived. Mm -hmm. But it came to pass that when Sambalot heard that we build the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Amorite was by him. And he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. Hear, O our God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head and give them for a prey in the land of captivity and cover not their iniquity and let not their sin be blotted out from before thee. For they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. What did the people have? <laughs> but it came to pass that when Sambalot and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Amorites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that the breaches began to be stopped when they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Verse 9, nevertheless, 
we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. And the word of the Lord is so tremendously blessed. You may have your seats. <laughs> When we as individuals or even as a corporate group receive a word from the Lord, there is great joy and exuberance. A woman gets excited when she hears that God is going to send her a husband. became gleefully joyful when she discovered and received the word from the Lord that she was going to have a son. Amen. Can you remember the time that you heard a word from the Lord and or you sensed in your spirit that something good was about to happen? God does us like that. He will send the word. He will place something in our spirit and we can get all together happy. Amen. And then we launch out to see how God is going to do it. Amen. With the confidence that I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know that it's going to come to pass. I'm getting the glad glance thinking about it now. Because I still have some promises that have not come to full fruition. If you give me about mm, five seconds, excuse me for a moment. Because when I think about the goodness of God. All right, that's it. That, that, that. You missed it. Now, there is something that always comes when we have a promise from God. And that thing that comes is called opposition. It's called trouble. Have you ever had to deal with trouble and opposition when you knew good as well? That God said he's going to bless you. But some way or another, it looks like this thing is trying to take me out. But yet you hold on to the fact that you know, that you know, that you know that God said it's going to come to pass. Mm -hmm. So it was that Nehemiah went to a place called Shushan. Didn't know that God had a blessing there for him. Brought him to the place of the meeting. And in that meeting, he inquired about the brethren who had gone back to Jerusalem during this time of captivity. And for those of you who don't understand captivity, they were in slavery in another country. Taken out. That's what sin will get you every time. Maybe we'll talk about that next Sunday. We, we yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it was there that God, brother pastor, placed a blessing, a promise in Nehemiah's spirit. Yeah. And Nehemiah did the right thing 
because he understood that even though God tells you what's going to be, you better get to praying. Prayer is the medium of communication with God that he's given us. He's given us, pastor, the assurance that if we pray, he will hear us. On occasions when we pray, it seems like God has gone on vacation. Sometimes it seems like he's fallen into a slumber and can't hear us. This is why we walk by faith and not by sight. You got to know that God said, I'll hear you. That God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And so by faith, in faith, through faith, we keep on talking to the Lord and then we'll have our quiet time because if you don't take your quiet time during prayer, it's really not prayer. You're just talking to yourself. But you got to have some quiet time to hear what God is saying back to you. So it was in that time that God spoke to him and said, don't worry about the fact that the walls are burned down in Jerusalem. I'm going to take care of it and I'm going to take care of it through you. And so God gave him divine favor. See, generally when God is going to bless us, we have a part to play in our blessing. So there is something generally required of us to do. And that's why you got to be careful because you don't want to get in the way of your blessing. And so you've got to have your instructions from God. I hope I'm blessing somebody. I hope I'm helping somebody. And so it was throughout the text, throughout the book of Nehemiah, you will find what's consistent is that Nehemiah prayed. You will find what is consistent is that the people cried out to God and they had a life of continual prayer. What I'm trying to tell y'all, saints, is you've got to continue to pray. Don't think you can pray to God in just one time and that's all that you don't have to pray anymore. You've got to keep that relationship strong. The more you talk to your loved one, the more and continually intimate you can be. The more you talk to, now, now I, don't, I don't want to blow anybody away, but see, we as people, we change. I'm not trying to mess with anybody's, yeah, I am. I'm trying to mess with your theology and your philosophy. Uh, Brother Pastor, how long you been married now? 80 years. Eight years, eight years. Been married eight years. Ah, new beginnings. All right, watch this. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, I'm, I'm making the point. I guarantee you, <laughs> brother, sister, I guarantee you, she's not the same woman today as she was eight years ago. There's some stuff that you might have been able to get over on her eight years ago. Don't try it today, brother. It ain't going to work. And the same thing with you ladies. What I'm saying is we grow, we change. And if you stay in the old place, they're going to continue to change. And so you're going to be out of, out of step if you don't continue that relationship if you don't continue to talk to them, to observe them, to love on them, to do for them and vice versa. Your relationship has got to be current. That's why it takes currency to keep that relationship right. Some, see somebody got that now. Some, somebody, somebody got that. 
that you must keep your relationship with God current. And we do it through prayer, praise, and worship. Amen. Prayer, praise, and worship. Oh, I love Revelation. God is so good. Excuse me for a moment. Just, just, all right, I'm all right now. I feel better now. We keep the relationship through prayer, praise, and worship. Yeah. All right. So there must be communication. And God gave him an assignment. And he believed God. And he went on. Saints of God, I give you my word. I promise you. There's something more that God wants to do with you, to you, and through you. Amen. There is something that God wants to bring to pass. And he's not just going to do it by himself in a corner. But you are required of you for God to get the blessing to you. Mm -hmm. And so I can say it a whole different kind, a number of different kinds of ways. But in order for that to take place, you got to act right. Look at your neighbor. Oh, oh we're going to talk to our neighbor today. Look at your neighbor and tell them if you want the blessings of God. Tell them you got to act right. You got to act right. I don't have to use high falutin words or falluted words. Or, I don't have to. You got to act right. Look at somebody and say, behave. It is required of you. And in behaving, you've got to do it God's way. And that requires what we were ending in talking about on last Sunday, the subject of self-control, self-discipline. It was needful throughout the course of Nehemiah walking to that place called achievement and success that he would exercise self-control in all things. Why do we have to exercise self-control? Because we've got to do it God's way and not our way. <laughs> oh my goodness. The Lord is feeding me right now. I'm loving on this. When you master the control of yourself then God will keep you in perfect peace. When you can master that mouth. Oh, I'm talking right. It's in this book. It's in this book. Because the Bible tells us repeatedly how Nehemiah didn't tell everybody all his business. You've got to be able, if you're going to be a success, you've got to be able to keep a secret. You know, we have this problem. We, we feel, we, we go to people and say, listen, don't tell nobody. You just messed up. You just messed up. Because if God tells you, be quiet, don't tell anyone, that means nobody is exempt unless God specifically tells you. I'm trying to tell y'all how to get success. I know we have, there's something, there's something that God has done for me right now, already, right now, for me and my wife. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to tell it. I'm not going to tell it. I'm just going to tell you that I'm not going to tell it. But I'm almost bursting with the joy 
But even so, I can't tell everything, even when it's a good thing. You better obey God and live. You better obey God and prosper, because you don't know who's sitting among you. And so God is requiring of you. Look at, look at somebody telling me, he's talking about you. And see, everybody got to say that to each other, right? Because I want everybody, I want the congregation to know that God's talking to you. It is required of you that you begin on a greater level because I'm not saying that you don't have any self-control because see, the way it normally works is we have self-control in certain areas. But then there's that one thing. But God is requiring of us to begin to exercise greater self-control. And I'm going to tell you right now, he's going to start with some small stuff to build you up to the point that you can handle the greater stuff. Because you will never be able to handle the greater things until you can first. And so there's some things that God will have you in boot camp, in training, tell you don't tell anybody. You don't even understand why. Well, it's not so much that you can't truly tell anyone. God is getting you ready. God is preparing you for when that great blessing comes, you will then have self-control. You will then have discipline enough that he can trust you with this word. <sighs> See, God is keeping some things from you to keep it for you. <laughs> Ooh, that's a word right there. You wonder why God didn't release this thing. You ain't ready for it. You don't have enough self-control yet. But it's necessary. Sister, daughter-in-law, am I making any sense? Say it louder. Yes. Amen. Say amen. amen. Praise God. As a good daughter-in-law. Amen. So when you master, when you master self-control, control of yourself, then God will keep you in perfect peace. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture in the book of Isaiah. It's, it's Isaiah 26 and 3. Uh, you can go with me or you can stay where you are because I'm going to talk about it anyway. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 says this. It says... I love this word. It says, thou will keep him. And when he said thou, he's talking about God. Thou, Lord, you, you. Thou, you, Lord, will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Who's thee? On God. And it didn't end there. Then he says, because he trusted in the Lord. And so you being able to exercise self-discipline actually has a role to play in your trust of God. I want you to get this because this is, can I take my time and teach today? I'm not going to be very long. Yeah, I love I love series. You know, I don't have to say everything in, in one sense. I don't have to I don't have to hear one person say, tell Pharaoh to let us go. <laughs> he will keep us in perfect peace. And that word, when 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 you look at the original text, when you look at the original text, actually it says 
perfect, perfect peace. It's like he's speaking two different pieces or breaking it down. Perfect and peace is actually the same word there. And so out of it, we get it from the word that sounds very similar to shalom, but it's not shalom, it's salam. Uh, S-A-L-O-M that's the Hebrew word which literally means it means safe, it means happy it means prosperous and so when you keep your mind and we're going to talk about mind because I, I really want y'all to get it when you keep your mind stayed on him he will keep you safe he will keep you happy and he will keep you prosperous that means you get the benefits of the Lord that means you get to exercise the joy your, your joy your, your freedom your liberty your appreciation of what God has given you because you've kept your mind stayed on him uh, let, let me break it down a, a little more a little more whose mind is stayed on him you've got to keep your mind on God what does that really mean the word mind there is a, is a very interesting word y'all still with me it is the Hebrew word I'm going to spell it it's E-Y-S-E-R all right, you got that? For those that are taking notes. E-Y-S-E-R. And it means really two things which are really one. It means conception and imagination. Now, when we say the word conception, I really want you to visualize the process of getting pregnant and then delivering, because that's really what it's all about. Because see, some of us have thoughts, but it never comes to fruition. Some of us have vision, but it never gets birth. But he's saying, if you keep your mind, if you keep, really, really, conception and imagination, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Imagination, I want you to understand this, imagination is the stage or the bed for conception. So you have to be careful what you imagine. Some of us are in the, the spot that we're in now, whether good or bad, because of what was in our imagination. Because in our imagination, when we dwell on it, when we focus on it, conception is going to take place. In other words, something's going to be birthed out of that. There is no person in the room who, through love and admiration and appreciation through the process of God, you did not have that child without first having an imagination of what was going to take place. About two, three seconds. All right, that's enough. <laughs> you first imagine the joy of the situation. But you should have known that something was going to be birthed out of that situation. So all he's saying is keep your imagination, keep your vision, keep your imagery in me, on me. Let it be God-centered because then there's going to come a conception. Con, con, it means to, exception, to receive in. Why? That there would be a product. Who are the two in this case? God and you. So he will keep you safe, prosperous, and happy when your imagination <laughs> is on the things of God. There ought to be times whether you have something to do or you don't have anything to do, just sit or lay or whatever and just begin to imagine yes. what God is going to do through you. 
what God is going to do to you. Yeah, every preacher will understand. I don't care who you are. If you're a preacher, if you're a real preacher, you've already seen yourself preaching and teaching before thousands. He just called you yesterday, but you're already having dreams and visions. you preaching and teaching to 10,000. You haven't preached to one yet, but you see yourself in the future. Yeah. And in the future, you're looking much better than you're looking right now. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is don't stop imagining. Don't stop dreaming. But let that thing happen because then it's going to take place a conception. Yeah. Yeah. Do I need to make this more real? You saw, you, you saw sister girl. You know you started imagining. Why y'all laughing at him? You the same thing. You saw him, you saw her, and you started imagining. And it gave birth to a reality. But God is saying, keep your thinking. Keep your visioning, keep your imagining in me. And I will allow that thing to give birth at proper time, in the proper place, and in the proper way. Y'all excuse me for a moment. Preacher, you preaching now. <laughs> to God be the glory. <sighs> Come on, saints, are y'all hearing this? See, some of y'all need to start imagining things, but you gotta let your imagination be in Christ Jesus. Imagine it until God takes hold of that imagination and bring you to another room, bring you to a higher place, bring you, and he'll show you something that you never even thought about. Hallelujah. God wants to show you some things in your imagination that you haven't even thought about yet. And when you meditate on him, see, that's really what it's talking about. Meditating really is, is, is thinking on, pondering on, focusing on the things that you see in your imagination or in your vision. And it takes two. So when you bring that thing to God, actually God gave it to you. It takes two to conceive. Even with Mary giving birth to Jesus, it took two to conceive. The Holy Ghost and y'all looking at me kind of strange. <sighs> Whose mind is stayed on him. It stayed on him. Brother Preacher, come on up here. I want to use you today. That's what you get for coming to check. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Watch this. Whose mind, the scripture says, is stayed on him. Now, the word stayed is from the word samak. Let me make sure I got that right, because I don't, you know, y'all so educated and note S-A-M-A-K, samak. And that word, that word, because I want y'all to see this, it literally means, come on over here. It means to, don't be scared. All right. First of all, some of y'all, you just want to get close to God. You don't want to touch God. Because you're afraid you might have to give up something that you shouldn't have anyway. But when your mind is stayed on him, it literally means to take hold and lean on. Preacher, did you bring your muscle with you today? 
You're going to need it. You're going to need it with this 220 pounds. It means to take on. It doesn't just mean to lean on. Because see, if I lean on, I might lean over and fall because of myself. But see, God loves us so much. Did you see what he tried to do? Well, yeah. Did you see what he did when I was falling over? Wow. Work it. How God is, because God knows your heart. But it doesn't just mean to lean on. It means to take hold. Now I ask you if you brought your muscle. See, now I'm dependent on Him because if He moves and I don't move with Him. Guess what? Move gently, 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 gently. So God is saying, as you imagine and see yourself in the future and dwell on the promises of God, go and build that wall. Don't worry about Tobiah. Don't worry about Sambalot. Don't worry about Shemene. Don't worry about them. Baby and them, don't worry about them. Just keep leaning and trusting on me. He said, I never get tired. He said, I never sleep. He said, I never slumber. But keep on leaning and trust. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. And so when you keep your imagination and conceptual organs, spiritual conceptual organs, when you keep it stayed <laughs> on him, trusting him, we know that he will bring it to pass. But the problem is that we tend to take our eyes off of God. When God is leading you, you don't need to look out there or over there. You don't need to look behind you because I'm connected. So therefore, where he goes, it's not just that I'm following, although I'm following, he's bringing me there. God will bring you to the place called there. That's why you got to hold on to him. You got to trust him. You got to become intertwined in the fabric of God. And where he goes, I go. And what he does, hallelujah, I reap the benefits. Glory. This is really what it means to keep. He will keep you in perfect peace. I didn't even talk about the fact that that word peace, or excuse me, that that word keep literally means to guard, to protect, and to maintain. I like to guard, I like to protect, but I love that maintain thing because that means while I'm trusting him, while I'm leaning on him, he will maintain me or give me what I need. See, some of us confuse what we want with what we need. Lord, you know I want that house over there. But you see, God knows that what you don't know about that house is, is beautiful on the outside, but it's a monster on the inside. See, that's why too many of you ladies and gentlemen have fallen in love with the container, but not the content. You got to know what's inside the container. Just because a man looks good and looking like me. 
doesn't mean that the inside is necessarily good. Hallelujah. It's all about the content of the container. All right, I got it. I got it. I'm, I'm, I'm not rushing because I'm going to be back next week. The Lord said the same. That's why I want to talk to you women. Why am I dwelling on the women? Let me deal, dwell with men too. Brothers, it ain't about hips, lips, and fingertips. You know why? Because the polish is coming off of those nails eventually. And because those hips are at some point going to spread. have a tendency to grow and when things and thighs and hips begin to grow you got to make sure you don't go <laughs> so that's why you can't fall in love with the hips lips and fingertips sisters you can't fall in love with the beard because under the beard they're still weird what's in the container does he love God because if he doesn't love God he can't love you oh he can lust you but he can't love you y'all getting this so see so you gotta get your instructions by God let your mind be stayed on him because he'll give you truth he'll tell you truth he don't care what it looks like if, he, if God says stay away if God says step you better get the stepping cause anything that you do solely in the flesh is a mess you need God I'm trying to help somebody, Lord. I, I need your help right now. Nehemiah exercised admirable discipline. Admirable discipline to safeguard what God had directed him to do. I really want y'all to see this. It takes self-control to get you to the place that God is bringing you to. You delay your entry when you fail to exercise self-discipline. Lord, I thank you for your help right now. Right now. Nehemiah exercised great care and self-discipline to safeguard the vision and implement the plan to rebuild the wall. I'm probably going to finish on on this note. I'm probably going to finish here. I want us to really exegete or examine the text in verses 12 through 16 of chapter 2 where we can really see what Nehemiah had to do. It's paramount that you get this because there's something greater than what you're doing. There's something greater than what you have that God wants to bring you into. Are you hearing me, church? Let me tell
take the text. Let me dissect it scripture by scripture, if you don't mind. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. Y'all going to work with me? All right, I need some encouragement. Somebody say, teach, bishop. You got to say it with that preacher voice. Teach, bishop. All right, I think I will. Chapter 2, Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 12 through 16. Nehemiah's character is being exposed here. We need to be exposed to Nehemiah's character so that we can demonstrate this Christ-like character of Nehemiah. It goes along the lines of follow me as I follow Christ. So it is that Nehemiah took the correct route to get to the place called success. The text says, and I arose in the night, and I, some few men with me, I and some few men with me, neither told I any man, ooh, Lord, neither told, I didn't tell Jane, say it again, no, I didn't tell brother, Jamaica. Brother. <laughs> Brother Richards. I didn't tell Brother Richards anything. Not that I can't trust Brother Richards. It's just that the Lord didn't tell me to tell Brother Richards. See, some of them say, well, Lord, you didn't tell me not to tell him. Well, did he tell you to tell him? Get this. Hear this word. And I arose in the night, and, excuse me, I arose in the night, I and some few men with me. Neither told I any man what my God had put in my, my heart to do at Jerusalem. I didn't tell nobody my business. That's right. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. See, a lot of us want to bring a lot of snacks with us. And snacks are not always the edible kind. Sometimes we want to bring people and things with us that make us feel good. That's the purpose of a snack. Well, that's part of the purpose, to make you feel good. But some things, even though it has a tendency to make you feel good, you don't need it. Put that chocolate cookie down. You don't need it. So what I'm trying to say in this, in my folly, are you all getting this? What I'm trying to say here is where you are and what God has for you to accomplish, you cannot bring everyone along with you. And you cannot... <laughs> You cannot bring everyone uh, along with you, as I said, or everything. And you cannot tell everyone what God told you to do. Am I making any sense? We're still talking about exercising discipline. It will get you to the place called success. You don't have to understand it, just obey it. Because God will tell you to do a lot of things you don't understand. God will tell you to do some things that doesn't even to you make sense, but you know it's God. So the fact that you know it's God, get to obey it. The Bible says that obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. Mm. So all of these things require self-control. 
But I want to emphasize for the moment this talkative spirit. Gotta tell everything. You need to begin to seek God more about who you tell what God is saying to you or what God is revealing to you. Girl, I, I just felt I had a dream last night that God sent a, a Mercedes Benz to me. You better shut your mouth because everybody can't handle your blessing. That's right, that's right. They're okay with you as long as you pull like them. Amen. <laughs> oh, I said a big word. I didn't say poor. I said poor. When you poke, you broke her than the Ten Commandments. You poke. And I know broker is not a word, but work with me. You understand what I'm saying? So you got to study to be quiet. I know that it goes into some other things, but Paul says a powerful thing in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11. And I'm going to key in on that phrase. He says, and that ye study to be quiet. That ye study to be quiet. Why do I have to study? Because for some of us, it's work. Don't look at your neighbor, look at yourself. You know you got to work real hard to keep your mouth shut. Verse 13. I think I got time for this one. Are you all receiving this word? Verse 13. And I went out by night. See, we don't want to go out by night because we know that the freaks come out at night. If you laughed at that one, you dating yourself. <laughs> You're showing that you got a little age on you. Y'all remember that song, The Freaks Come? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, you don't remember. Yeah, you know goodness well. <laughs> and I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well and the dung port and viewed the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down and the gates thereof where were consumed with fire. Hear me. You've got to hear the spiritual significance of the text. Stop reading the Bible as if it's some novel. Stop reading the Bible as if it's some storyline that you want to get a kick out of. No. God wants to talk to you. God wants to parlay with you. God wants you to get in a quiet place so that he can speak to you through the scripture. Hallelujah. Amen. And there are times when you read the Bible, you need to say, Lord, I read this, but what are you saying to me? What does that have to do? How, what does that have to do with me? And watch God show you. But be prepared to see the ugly in you. Because the only way you're going to get the ugly out of you is if you recognize the ugly. Because see, too many of us don't recognize the ugly in us. Don't recognize the big bad mouth in us. Don't recognize the fooly or foolishness or folly in us. So we keep on doing what we're doing because we've convinced ourselves that it's right because God hasn't killed us yet. My God, thank you. I feel this thing. Note this, sometimes the path to success will bring you through an unpleasant place or situation, but God knows what he's doing. 
If my wife and I did not go through the process in our youth of what we went through, we would not be able to do foreign missions. Anybody ever heard the phrase, didn't have a pot to, <coughs> to, <coughs> all right, let's see, didn't have a pot to expectorate mucus? <coughs> or to eliminate vile, vile, you know I'm looking over to the nurse because I want some big words. <laughs> we didn't have the pot, nor did we have the what? Window. The window to throw it out. We went through something. If God had not brought us through that nighttime situation mm -hmm. in the nights, mm -hmm. we could not have been prepared to go to places that don't have an inside bathroom. Don't hot running shower, don't even have a shower. A hot meal, a place, don't even have a place to store food. But we keep on keeping on. Do it with joy. So God will allow you to go through some nighttime situations in preparation for the blessing that's about to come. And if you really want to know, sometimes it's very much about God humbling you. So there, some of y'all, if you're going to be a real thriving millionaire that's going to be able to keep your millions, you've got to be able to be humble and appreciative of what you have. So before you become wealthy, you've got to experience some things so that you can appreciate what you have when you get it, so that you don't trod on it, step on it, and throw it out. I, I, I need some help. Can I get an amen in there? Yeah. Bring us through the dragon well and the dung. But what in the world is a dragon well? Can I tell you? Well, come on and ask me, what in the world is it? The dragon well apparently was a place or some type of a body water where obviously nobody wanted to go through that particular place, but God had it so that in the nighttime he caused or touched the heart of uh, Nehemiah to go this way. The dragon well was literally, it means place of, or it's, a, it's literally a sea serpent or what we would call a sea monster. Now, saints, uh, I'm not talking about some science fiction movie where there are monsters, but there are some fish and sea creatures that literally look like monsters and they can in fact take you out. Anybody, you want to know a sea monster? Anybody ever heard of a piranha? Yep. It's a little old thing, but don't get tangled up in it. It's a little old thing, but your fist is not big enough to beat it off. You start pounding it, it'll eat every knuckle, every... <laughs> So there was some type of a sea creature or whatever it was. I, I don't know what it was. It could have been a well that was in, in my study, the notes or whatever. But it was some type of sea creature that had the ability to tear your little... To, to <laughs> and then watch this, because I'm going to finish on this. Watch this, watch this, watch this. The dung port? I don't think so. 
Y'all know what dung is? Y'all know what a port is? A port is a place of establishment, a place where, you know, you go to, yeah, a port, airport, train port. Well, they may not call it that, but that's what it is. It's a port. (laughs) It's a place where the dung hangs out. (laughs) Some places it's necessary for us to go that it's not elaborately wonderful or beautiful. And that's where Oprah Winfrey's part in Color Purples. Oh, my life. What did she say? I had to fight. I've been fighting, had to fight all my life. Now let's take that in a natural way. I know she wasn't portraying herself there. She was playing, who was it? Celia or somebody. Yeah. But look at her own life. If you know her story, sister went through some stuff. But she learned how to fight. She learned how to stay when everybody else ran away. And she became a billionaire. You got to have a fight in you. Sometimes God will allow you to go through the dung port where you get the stink on you. Nobody wants to be around you. But you got to be encouraged in your own self. You got to know that no matter what I look like to them, no matter what I smell like to them, I'm still God's chosen. I'm still able because God is able. I still can because God said I can. And because God said I can, I will. I will. I will. It is here that we must trust God with an intense passion even in the hard times. It's almost like you've got to trust God and appreciate him more when you go through the hard times. Stop cursing your hard time. Turn it into victory. Appreciate what you're going through so that on your tomorrow you can appreciate what you went through. Because what you went through is going to bless you to go through what's on your tomorrow. And you'll finish building the wall. Everybody stand to your feet. I'm not through, but I'm going to stop. I pray, saints of God, that you've received this word. For what God is saying to you. Like Nehemiah, you need to start praying that God help you in your self-control. God has already given you the spirit of self-control. It, it, it's, in the, it's in the word. He's not giving you the spirit of fear, but he's giving you the spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. And that sound mind is rightly interpreted in the Greek, self-control, self-discipline. And the only reason that you're not able to exercise the control at the level that you need to is that you're not accustomed to doing it. No muscle becomes strong without being worked. No muscle becomes strong without being exercised. You've got to consciously seek God to help you in that area and watch what he'll do. Somebody right now, wherever you are, you need to say, Lord, help me to exercise self-control right there, right there. And you need to know what that there is. We're going to take a couple of seconds, a couple of seconds. Focus on what it is. What is that area that you need to exercise self-discipline, self-control? Right there. 
You see a thing that it reminds you of something in the past and you go off. You need to work on that. He or she does something and it reminds you of something that happened years ago because he abused you, because he did something wrong. Now this husband's got to suffer the consequences or vice versa. And he don't even know him. Saints, we've got to exercise self-control. But if you never start, you'll never finish. I pray this is blessing someone. You've got to work on you and begin to imagine godly things. Begin to dream again. Begin to see yourself in the future in a better place because where you are does not line up with where you're seeing your place, seeing yourself in the future. So if you look long enough, it'll affect your behavior now. Is this making any sense, saints? God wants us to walk in spiritual excellence. Oh Lord, there's so much I want to say, but I'll save it for next week. This word is all in me. I feel this thing. But if you take this word and run with it, it'll start you on your way. Father God, I thank you for this word that you've given to your people today. Help us, Lord, to receive this word, to focus on it, that conception shall take place that what we give birth to shall bring glory and honor to your name. For we know that if you are glorified, we shall be edified. I thank you now, Father, for your people, for they're hungry to do your will. Dear God, your people love you. Help us, Lord, to move to that better place. Help us to finish what we've started in you. Help us, Lord, to achieve. Help us to get to that place called success in this and that and over there and in every area of our lives. For we know that we're all pieces of the holy puzzle working together to bring the puzzle together. Help us, Lord, to walk by faith and not by sight. And we thank you for it. For that which we have prayed for and asked God for, we must now walk by faith knowing that he's going to do it. If you believe that God's going to do it, give him praise right now. Praise with a passion. Praise with a passion. The operative word is with passion. Passion, passion, passion. Lord, I thank you, oh God, for it's already done in the heavenlies and it's going to manifest even now in the natural. Lord, I thank you that things are changed. Lord, I thank you that trouble is broken. Lord, I thank you that the wall, the breaches are coming together. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody put those hands together.